I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Many religious people would say that going to church is a good thing, but bringing church home may be even better and have greater benefits, not just for your faith. So that's according to the a not-so-good faith estimate report from BYU. So what are the benefits from home-centered faith practices? To break it all down and give us some insight, Jason Carroll is one of the authors of the study and associate director of the Wheatley Institution at Brigham Young University, joins us on the line. Jason, thanks for making time for us today. Hi, Boyd. Happy to join you. Wonderful. Let's dive into this thing. Tell us about this a uh, not-so-good faith estimate. What's that all about? Well, a few years ago, we made a major uh, research undertaking. We conducted an 11-country study uh, with over 16,000 people that we looked particularly at the influence of religion on marriage and family outcomes. Uh, But we've noticed recently that a lot of the public reports that look at religion and how it influences people's lives have started to measure uh, religious participation just simply with church attendance, often Mm. saying, you know, if you attend church once a week or more, some of the studies even saying once a month or more, uh, we had deeper data than that. So we were able to look at a more specific group of religious participation that went beyond church and those who were actually engaging in religious practices in the home. Man, that's a that's a massive amount of data. <laughs> Sixty thousand people, eleven countries. Uh, uh, we like to say this is the big bite and the long chew in terms of uh, of data. Uh, but talk to us about so what does that mean? So really taking church home, taking that faith home. Uh, how did you look at that? How was it measured? Well, we wanted to look at specifically was not only those who attend church regularly, but. Uh, those who also report uh, the amount of prayer. So we, we created a five-factor uh, 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 index, I guess you could call it. So we looked at personal prayer patterns and individuals who uh, were praying on a daily basis. But we also had the ability to look at uh, how frequently they were holding family prayer, was it whether or not there was religious conversations happening in the home, and the amount that there was reading of scriptures or holy uh, texts in, in the home as well. So we looked at looking at all of that, we were able to look at a group of, of home worship that we're not only doing church attendance, uh, but we're also doing these things in the home. And we found that they look very, very different than even individuals who are attending church regularly, but not doing uh, the home practice patterns as well. Mm-hmm. 
One, one of the areas that you uh, report, and this is in your piece at Deseret.com, and people can check that out. It's a, it's a great read. Um, it's interesting. You noted that the, the biggest impact was both this, this sense of purpose uh, and finding connectedness. So explain how that kind of all – connect those dots for us. <laughs> yeah, I, I think right now we have uh, some conversation about uh, a crisis of, of meaningfulness uh, in many people's lives. Right. We, we've seen the idea that there's a decline in neighborliness, uh, shrinking of the family, diminishing role of religion in many people's homes and lives. So these have been areas of connection and areas of helping answer life questions and a sense of meaning and purpose. So uh, that is one area we looked at in particular. And uh, people who attend church and are involved with, with their faith uh, reported higher levels of, of meaningfulness and, and a frequent sense that their life had meaning and purpose compared to those who were non-religious and didn't attend church at all. But we found even greater benefit, two times as much uh, of that reported for those who did the home worship patterns. So there's something about that that's uniquely powerful. We, we, we think of it as dosage, right, to getting the full dose of what mm. religion has to offer. And we should be clear here, our, our, our data set looks at uh, people of a variety of faith backgrounds. Uh, so we didn't look at affiliation here. We looked at high engagement with religion, whatever a person's faith may be. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Uh, I think that's so fascinating. You know, we, we spend a lot of time talking about the ability to take your faith into the public square. Uh, so not just at church and not just at home, but this is such a, a great look at uh, taking faith into your home <laughs> uh, because both of those are, are really critical. Uh, and you talk about that connectedness. What are some of the other byproducts uh, that you saw in the data uh, in terms of what happens when you do have those kind of disciplines, that kind of meaning happening inside the home? What we see is, is, is real evidence of what could be called spiritual intimacy, uh, particularly in marriage relationships. There seems to be something really powerful when spouses are united. It gives them a common purpose, a common vision. Uh, it also helps build uh, what we call family rituals, right? These, these things that bring us together. So that type of intimacy seems to be heightened. And we saw increased relationship stability, increased relationship satisfaction, more emotional closeness, uh, even higher sexual satisfaction in these couple relationships that had this shared uh, purpose of, of, of engaging in these religious practices together inside of their relationship and then also sharing that in the home and with their children. Uh, I think that's so important because that uh, both that connectedness and that meaning 
I think we see in so many places. Uh, I always go back to, uh, to Rabbi Lord Jonathan Sachs, who uh, who talked about you know how the great institutions of the modern world uh, do a lot of things, but they don't provide meaning. Sci- science tells us how, but not why, and technology gives us power, but can't guide us in how to use that power. And he says the result is we have this maximum of choice and minimum of meaning. Uh, and it seems that taking that faith from the synagogue, from the mosque, from the chapel, into the home, into the living room, uh, is really where both purpose, meaning, and connectedness actually come together. And and here in the United States, which was a major part of the study in the other countries that we looked at, major portions, you know, and the majority of many of the, of the countries we looked at, people acknowledge the value of that. But what we also see is that many of them uh, aren't getting the full dosage of that, so to speak. So uh, for those that are uh, uh, faith-minded, it, it, it's, it's something to ponder on to say, I'm recognizing that, but could there be more for me and for my family? I mean, clearly these home worship patterns uh, and, and personal worship patterns uh, take some real dedication. Yeah. And with parents with young children and teenagers and busy schedules, uh, I think we've all experienced that they they won't happen uh, just kind of spontaneously or on their own. They take real dedication. But uh, I think what we're seeing here in, in, in a large data set and with some, some really fine-tuned analysis is it's worth it. It's worth yeah. it to make those efforts. Uh, there really is. And, and the, uh, most of the studies that we've seen, they underestimate the full effects of religion, the full benefits mm. of religion. By as much as 25, and in some cases as much as 50% on the different outcomes, because they've collapsed that dosage altogether. If you're only asking attendance, you you blend that in with that higher group. So people that are doing that, uh, most studies that you see, you can actually say, oh, wait a minute, there's actually a group there that's getting even more if you separate them out and actually show the group that is that is striving with that dedicated effort to get that full dosage of, of what their faith has to offer. That's so important. And I, I love how you talk about that discipline of it. It is so easy to just kind of let everything go and get to the end of the day. You have to be very intentional uh, if you're going to have that religious piece in your home uh, when the kids are running around or when it's way past bedtime or uh, or just getting uh, drifting into devices being on all the time and, and just kind of having that be the end or the start of the day. Uh, real quickly, but, but oh, go ahead. One, one quick, one quick thing on that uh, to, to give people sense. So we did to get into that highest dosage group, you know, that we we pulled out, which was eleven percent of the U.S. sample. So mm-hmm. it's it, it, there, there's still a no- number of people to type. They had weekly church attendance and daily prayer, but the other patterns were two to three times a week, right? So it mm-hmm. didn't become a multiple hours per day or anything. Yeah. It really was the dedicated consistency of it. That if it was a part of the daily and weekly patterns of home really mattered more than it wasn't an intensive dosage each day, but it was regularity of that yeah. uh, that seemed to be that pulls that group up and makes them that higher dosage group that had such better outcomes. Yeah, just being intentional. And I think putting that kind of piece, especially for young children, uh, it, yeah, it doesn't have to be hours and hours of something, but it's an intentional five minutes on Wednesdays or wh- whatever it may be. Uh, having that as part of that structure uh, is, yep. is so absolutely vital. Jason Carroll, one of the authors of the study, the, he's associate director of the Wheatley Institution at Brigham Young University. This is a, a really extraordinary study. Give it a read. You can uh, check out that piece at Deseret.com. Uh, Jason, thanks so much for joining us today. 
Yeah, boy, I really appreciate it. Thank you. All right, all the best. Again, that's Jason Carroll from the Wheatley Institution at Brigham Young University. Really interesting. Uh, we often talk about uh, taking our faith out into the public square. We also got to make sure that we're taking it into our own homes. It's a really interesting thing, regardless of your faith tradition. It's not just showing up to church or mosque or synagogue. Uh, it's what you do in your practice when you're at home that has the dosage, the biggest benefit. Check it out. We'll be right back. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do? in the face of an international disaster decades in the making. That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.